He's still working. So regardless of our feelings and regardless of what is in our line of vision, he's always worthy of praise. Go ahead and praise him because he's working it out. You may not see the fruition yet. You may not see the outcome yet, but you can praise God because he's working all things together for good. Amen. And somebody said amen. God bless you. You may return to your seats. We want to tell you how grateful we are and thankful we are to have all of you here today with us at Turning Point Apostolic Church. All of our guests, we say God bless you. We are glad you are here. If this is your first time, and you can all be seated, if this is your first time ever being here, just put a little, just a finger up in the air. If this is your first time ever, I don't see very many first timers, but I see a lot of return guests and we want you to know that we are so thankful to have you here some of you were here on easter a few weeks ago and you're back today and uh, maybe you've been here a few times and we're glad you were here uh, today but god bless you we pray you're blessed by the service today to all of our mothers we want to say happy mother's day from turning point and from pastor and pastor's wife we want to say happy mother's day to you god bless you we hope you have a wonderful wonderful day and are able to enjoy it i asked one of the young men i just happened to be standing by over there during worship i said hey did, did you tell your mama happy mother's day he said no i said you know it's mother's day he said yeah so you better tell her happy mother's day because i'm gonna be asking you right after church you know who you are and you young people that haven't told your parents happy mother's day if, if you got a mama uh, there's people in this room right now who wish they could give their mamas a hug, wish they could say happy Mother's Day to their mama. So don't you dare let another day go by without telling your mama how much you love her and appreciate her. Amen? All right. God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a great day. And uh, what a great sermon. Amen. I did, I did jot down a few no notes. So if it's okay, let me spend a few minutes of your time and take you through some scripture here. Thank you, uh, Sister Pace, for your, uh, being there on the keyboards and... and uh, all the musicians and all the singers, we appreciate you. I guess um, one of my favorite biblical examples of motherhood is Moses' mother, uh, Jochebed. I know that we've discussed her in Mother's Days past, but if you would indulge me today, maybe we could dig a nugget or two out, um, and it would be a blessing to you today, if that's okay. Um, and I don't know why I ask if that's okay, because I never wait for an answer. I just plow right on through. I guess I just hope you'll say, yeah, that's okay, Pastor. Sounds good. In Exodus 2, we're introduced to her when the Bible says that there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi, and the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months and when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river's bank, by the river's brink. And his sister <clears throat> stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it, and the child grew. And she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses. And she said, because I drew him out of the water. Uh, Jochebed, Moses' mother, conceived, bore, and raised a child during perilous times. Does that sound familiar? Perilous times. It was uh, the edict of the Pharaoh that any male children who were born when Moses was born, were to literally be thrown to the crocodiles 
in the river. They were not to survive. They were not to live. I would call that perilous times. And so being thrown in the river, today's mothers are raising their children in perilous times. You are raising, if you are raising children right now, and maybe I'm not speaking to everyone when I say raising children, but <clears throat> um, how many of you know they're still your children even when they're 35, they're still your children? And especially for mamas, mamas always look at their children as babies. I'm still my, I, I'm going to be 55 in a few days, and my mom still calls me babe, baby, and, and she, she said, oh, maybe that embarrasses you. I said, no, mom, I'll get over it. Don't worry about it. And so you are raising children or you have children that you're praying for, that you're still trying to influence and, and, uh, and, and guide them. And you're doing it in perilous times. You are doing it. In, in Moses' day, it was the threat of being thrown in a river. But today's mothers are raising their children in perilous times uh, of, of, of spiritual threats and, and, uh, and, and, and eternal threats are all around us and so how many of you know that they these mothers need our prayers they need our support they need our love and they need our understanding and for all of you that are a little bit up in years and and, and we've heard it down through the generations all the older people we love to say it and I say it every once in a while too well back in my day in my day we well, that would have never flown in my day. Well, God bless us all. It was a different day in our day. Uh, my mom didn't have to try to protect me from, a, from, from literal debauchery, sin, and temptation at my literal fingertips all day long. My mom didn't have to protect me from that. So it is a different day. So our mothers today, I want you to know as your pastor that I understand that you are raising babies and children and some of you are getting ready to birth babies into a world, into perilous times when there are threats all around them and you literally are praying day in and day out for your children God protect them God keep your hand upon them God don't let the crocodiles eat my baby God I'm not going to surrender them to the river the Pharaoh can't have them the devil can't devour them I refuse to let them go to hell I know you're praying those prayers I want you to know I'm praying with you and this church is praying with you. We need to pray for our mothers today. And the Bible says that when he was born, he was born into this environment where Pharaoh was saying they can't live, they have to die, throw them in the river. And that was when Moses was born and when many of these mothers, these Hebrew women were giving birth to baby boys and surrendering them over to the Egyptian handmaidens to be fed to the crocodiles. The Bible says in verse 2 that this woman when she conceived and, and bore her son, she saw him that he was a goodly child she saw he was a goodly child I don't know if any mothers ever looked into the face of their newborn baby and said I don't think this is a very good child <laughs> I hope not but she looked into the face of this little baby and said, this is a goodly child. Now, here's what I believe. I believe that it was more than just maternal instincts and maternal uh, affection. I believe that it was more than her saying, this is a beautiful child. Because everybody thinks their babies are beautiful, whether they can win an ugly contest or not. They think they're beautiful. And, and so, uh, you know, there's sometimes you just say, uh-huh, yes. There's sometimes they really are beautiful. Now, all the babies born at Turning Point Apostolic Church somehow are always beautiful babies. So I pray for some of the other pastors, but in our church, amen, good-looking kids. Because I pray, that's part of my prayer every night. Lord, let us have good-looking children. No, I'm kidding. I don't pray that. But we do. She saw something good in him. I think that's what it means. She saw something good in him, in him, in him. There was in her arms a seed of a miracle. She saw, she felt that there was something spiritually that just went off. And she said, something's good in this baby. And when no one else saw it, when no one else saw it, maybe, I don't know, maybe, favorite, maybe Moses, rather, maybe Moses' father didn't see it. Maybe his sister didn't see it. Maybe, maybe, maybe nobody else saw it. But mama, 
saw it. And she saw something good in him. Mama saw it. She saw a goodly child. And good children grow into great men. Thank God for mothers who look past the perils of the day, the circumstances of the hour, and see something good in us. Can you say amen? Oh, I know. It may have to be drawn out of us. There's good in there, but maybe it's not so on the surface as you'd like it to be, but it's in there. And it has to be drawn out of us. It's in there. The teachers sometimes don't see it. The principal don't see it. And maybe, you know, people at church don't see it. But mama, maybe sometimes dad don't see it. There's times where my wife had to, had, had to you know, back off, calm down. It's going to be okay. You know, because dads, we want to be right. You're going to act right, talk right, spit right, walk right, look right, talk right to your mama. You know, it should be now something good. And thank God for your mama, Tyler. And thank God for your mama, Jordan. Because I was ready to kick you boys out at some times, you know, just... She said, no, something good in these boys. I'm just kidding. Pretty much just kidding. There was a day or two. Mama says, there's something good in this child. And, and, and good children grow into good men. But we have to draw it out. We have to cultivate it. We have to, we have to, uh, we have to nurture it. We have to get it out of them. They see it in us. It has to be protected. The good does. It has to be hedged around. It has to. You got to keep all the all of the uh, all of the critters out of the garden. All of those all those predators that would come in, and and, and the rabbits that would eat the, the the first little sprouts, and the deer that would eat that would begins to come to fruition, and, and all the winds that would blow and knock it over. Mamas are there every day, getting the animals away and and putting things around, tying it up, staking it up, because there's something good in that child. I got to get it out of them. I've got to grow it out of them. I've got to cultivate it. I've got to nurture it. I've got to fertilize it. I've got to protect it. But there's something good in this boy. And she set her mind to getting that good that was in that child out of him. There's something good in him just waiting to bust out. You know, I said I'm 55 years old. My mom is going to, so I will be 55. My mom will be 75. But my mom, and she'll watch this later, she always watches our live streams, and she's always, if, if nobody else says good job, my mom's going to text me and say, oh, that was the best sermon, you're the best preacher, you're just, and so I'm 55, and my mom is still my biggest fan. I thank God for my mom. And it didn't start when I became a preacher. It started when I was just, I mean, I tell you right now, you, you talk to women, my mom was uh, for many years she was the Pentecostal hairdoer, is that the right word? Hair stylist in <laughs> Monroe County. Back when they had the, you back when they had the hairdos, you didn't want to sit behind them in church because you couldn't see anything. She did those hairdos. She was a master at it. And I was just a little bitty baby when she was doing that. And I, my earliest memories are sitting in the floor watching her make take ladies' hair and build it up into. Trump Towers <laughs> while I inhaled hairspray fumes. Had my little buzz going just watching those hairdos go up. But you ask any of those ladies if they're still living, if they're still walking, they'll tell you, oh, your mother, she would do my hair and she would just, you would sit there at her feet and she, at, 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 at the feet while she was doing my hair and she would just say, what a good boy you are and never cause any trouble. Some of y'all are envious because your mamas don't talk about you like that. But my mom, she, he, just, he just never caused any trouble. He just sit there and play with his toy. Now, she didn't know what all I was doing when she wasn't looking. But my, she, was, she was my biggest fan then and she's my biggest fan now. You better not say anything bad about Ron Hawk to Jackie Hawkins because she may not be very big but she could probably kick pretty hard <laughs> and I thank God for a mother who looked even through my years of rebellion and, 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 and testing boundaries and not acting the way I should act she looked and saw the good in me and she knew if I, she kept praying for me and kept loving me and was patient with me and, and, and prayed. I don't even know the spirits that woman prayed out of my life, but thank God she did. 
You ought to be your child's biggest fan. And children, let me tell you something. The Bible says you should honor your father and your mother. And while I'm at it, while I'm quoting that scripture, let me just tell you there are no conditions placed on that. It doesn't say if they're honorable, if they are nice, if they love you, if they're sweet, if they're kind. It says you should honor them. Every one of you, if you have a living mother, ought to, ought to call your mom or see your mom today and say, Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you. I'm praying for you. I don't care how uh, disconnected you may be. The Bible says to honor them. So, mamas, you love those babies, and babies, you honor your mothers. And that's just a free little side sermon. Don't cost you any extra. Amen. This is good preaching. So the good is there. It's just waiting to get out. But, you see, it doesn't matter how much potential is in the boy if he never lives to become a man. And so elation gives way to realization that as goodly as this child is, he is in a high-risk environment. Even though she didn't turn him over to the authorities to be killed, if they find him, they will surely slay him. And so, he must be hid. He must be hid. Verse 2 says, and uh, she saw he was a goodly child. She hid him three months. As much as possible, she must hide him, get this, to save him. There are some things that if, if you don't hide them from, they are just susceptible to. And nobody can hide a child like a mother can hide a child. It, it's borne out in the way that parents will teach a child how to swim. Uh, a mama will take that little, little child and put it, just dip its toes in the water and then dip its feet and then its ankles and its knees. And then, they'll just, and then dad will just toss them in. And God bless you to learn to swim, you know. I'm not, I'm not recommending that, for the record. But mamas are the ones who, they understand the dangers, the perils, the threats. And they will position themselves between those threats and that child. She will hide that child from the outside world that's trying to get into him. Mamas, never have you had... Oh, such a daunting task as you have today to protect your children from the perils of society and the woes of this life. Can somebody say amen? Must be hidden. Thank God for mothers who stand guard over their children. In Jochebed's time, it was crocodiles and pharaohs and rivers, but in our time, in your time, it's the very enemy of their souls that you are watching over. You are raising your kids, ladies. You are raising your kids in the midst of a high-risk environment. You are raising children in an anti-Christ-driven world. You are raising children in, in a world in which the spirit of anti-Christ is very prevalent right now. Bring up, if you would, Second uh, Timothy chapter 3. I know we read it often. We haven't read it for a while. But listen, this is the days in which we live right now. Paul warned us of them. He said that, that we need to know that in, in, the, in the last days, perilous, that's dangerous times, shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. I need you to just flow with me if you could. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. He says, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers, lust ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. He, then he could go on down to verse number 18 if you would.
I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't mean 18. I meant to the next verse. I saw that one through 17. We're getting, we got new software here, and I'm still learning how to work with it. I guess I could turn there in this book I have up here in front of me. I don't know. I was relying on technology. Verse 9 is where I wanted to go. My, my apologies. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine. Watch this. He says to Timothy, Paul says to Timothy, you've known my doctrine. You've known my manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came to me at Antioch, Iconium, Lystra. Persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall, shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child, I love this, that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I'm just telling you that all of these things that Paul lists as the perilous times, this is the environment. We are there. This is the environment. This is the, this is the river. This, this is the crocodiles. This is the pharaohs that you raise your children in right now. We are not waiting on any of these things that I just read to come to pass. They are upon us. You are raising your children while navigating these threats. And I thank God you do that. I thank God that you're in the fight. I thank God that you care enough to say, no, not in my house. No, not my children, not my daughter, not my son. Not No, no, not here, not my family. Some of you ladies are literally praying these kind of prayers over your children. You position yourself between hell and your family and say, not today, devil, not in my house. And I know we live in perilous times, but not going to overtake my home, not going to overtake my son, not my daughter, not my family. Thank you for that tenacity. And I'm, I'm here to encourage you today. Keep fighting and keep praying and keep hiding them as long as you can hide them. And I know, I know some of y'all get criticized. Well, you're a helicopter mom. You're overprotective. And you just think you can protect them from the whole world. If you could protect them from the whole world, do it. You won't do it, but if you can, do it. Do it as long as you can and as, and as, and as pervasive as you can. Be, be as protective as you can, as long as you can. Because there will come a day when you'll get to verse number 3 and you can no longer hide them. But hide them as long as you can. Well, they're 12 years old. They don't even know what's on the internet. Good. God bless you for that. Well, they're 13 years old. They don't even know what this word means. Good. There's some, there, there are some secular characters out there. I wish I'd never even heard. I, I wish I'd never, I've said it before. I, there, I, I wish I, I didn't even know who some of these ungodly cartoon characters are that are out there today. I don't even want to say their names from the pulpit, but I, I wish I'd never heard of their names. I wish I, I wish I didn't even know what that meant. I wish I did. Yeah, and I, I'm 55 years old, and, and, and yeah, I was one of those probably at, at 13, 14. Other kids were like, he don't even know what that means, you know, because I was living in a pretty protective home. And I thank God. I thank my parents for that. They kept it. They kept me hid as long as they could, and then when it was time to let me go, they helped me transition. We got four and five year olds that are exposed to, my God, the most debaucherous things today. You are raising your babies in a time where you have to deal with things like gender identity and gender confusion. Not just when they're 15 and 16. I'm talking about in elementary school, we have to stand guard over our kindergartners and, and, and first grade children. You're teaching them what? And some of you are going to have to rise up and say, not my child, not my son, not my daughter. No. 
And you better figure out what that means for you because it's on you right now. Mackenzie, Abby, it's on you right now. You, you, I'm not just talking to you mamas. I'm talking to you daddies especially. Chad, Jennifer, you, 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 just have, you, you that are just having babies, you that are going to have babies, you better figure it out now. You better look around you at what you're facing. You better figure it out. Where are we going to, where are we going to send them to school? I, 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 you know, I think when you decide where you're going to live, first thing you ought to decide is church. House of God. Your kids need to be active in the church. They need to be very involved in the church. They need to be at every youth activity. They need to be at every service. They need to know that if something's going on at church, they're going to be there for that. So when you decide where you live, church. Second thing is you better check out if you're going to send them. I feel like preaching. I know it's Mother's Day and I just came to encourage you, but I got to preach a little bit. If you're going to send them to a public school, and I'm not saying you, you, you shouldn't or don't. I'm just saying if you are, you better check out that school system. You better know because it's not just education they're getting anymore. They're getting doctrine. They're getting humanistic philosophies shoved down their young throats. And so Jacob had said, there's all these threats out there. There's, all, there's crocodiles. I hear them snapping and crunching the bones of other babies. But I can't let him, I can't let, I can't let my baby be crocodile food. And, and I, I, I hear Pharaoh's armies going through and they're snatching up all the other. But I've got, I'm going to hide this child as long as I can. And by the way, it wasn't very long. It was only three months that she was able to hide this baby. And I know what we're talking about today. You can hide them from those things longer, of course. But in the natural sense, when a baby gets to be three years old and they're crying. This was before soundproof insulation and all those things. You can't hide them very long. They have need, I mean, you can't send your husband out to get diapers and pretend you don't have a baby. You can't have a wah coming from your house 24 hours a day and pretend, oh, that's just my husband. He's a little hungry. Not, for three, not after three months, people start getting a little suspicious. Amen. So, verse 3, And when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river's Bank. There, there does, the rivers brink. I don't know why I keep saying bank. It should say bank, I think. There comes a time where you have to let them go. You have to begin to release them. That's hard. It's very hard. But you do everything you can. You hide them as long as you can. And then when you do release them, you facilitate that release the best you can. You don't just throw them in the river and say, sink or swim, baby, if it's the Lord's will. She took a little basket, a little ark. She daubed it so, she, so it would float, so it would stay afloat. She did everything within her ability to make sure this child survived. And then she had to put him in there and release him to the Lord. And you know that mama was praying. You get to a point where you can no longer physically protect, physically guide, physically hide. You get to the point where, and it is, it's a point where it just, man, it's just like that. You no longer can force it. You have to just, oh God, you have to pray, pray. Man, I, I can't imagine what that would feel like to let your little baby loose to a flowing river infested with crocodiles. Ravenous animals all around. The threat of drowning. All of those things. What about a storm? What if nobody finds? She, she, you know she was praying. Nothing will get you praying like children will get you praying. Amen. And you know she was praying. Oh God, keep my boy. Keep him safe, Lord. I don't know you. I know there's something good in him. I know there is. I've hit him as long as I can. But now I've got to release him to you. So God, you guide him. You protect him. You keep him. You guide him. You protect him. You keep him. Sis, go keep an eye on him. And it was just within moments that he was back being nurtured by her, nursed by her, didn't have to hide anymore, getting a wage <laughs> to raise her illegal son. He was illegal. He's supposed to be dead according to the law. 
God works all things together if you pray, if you trust him. But mamas, I came here today to encourage you and tell you, and to tell you that I know and we know and we appreciate and we understand where you are. We understand and we're thankful for you. We're thankful that you are raising your children in these dichotomous days they are very dichotomous on one side is the church and literally on the other side is the world I kid you not you can even when we come to the house of God you're raising children where you have to say honey you don't I'm not trying to offend anybody here today I love you I'm your pastor and I'm gonna say it the way it is but I, I don't want my I don't want my grandbaby sitting by somebody who does not worship during church I'm gonna point them right up here to the front with the people who are worshiping I love all of you and I I pray you all get infected with worship. But until you do, I'm not going to, I'm not pointing my grandbabies to sit by you. I'm going to point him to go hang out with Denver. And I'm going to point him to come up here and hang out with these boys that are up here worshiping. And these girls that are up here worshiping. And it did my heart good last week when I see these children up here. And I went over to pray after I preached. And my six-year-old now, he turned six today. If you see Lennox, give him a high five and tell him happy birthday. You'll make his year. Y'all, he thought we were having one service today because it was his birthday. That's how excited he is to be turning six. Don't you dare tell him different. <laughs> He's special. <laughs> no, his mama broke the news to him. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think Nana would have broke the news to him, but his mama broke the news to him. I saw him over there right where you're sitting, Brother Southern, last week when we were praying and the kids were praying and he had, he's just up there like this. Just worshiping God, praising the Lord. Every once in a while, one eyeball would pop open. He saw his papaw. He saw his papaw there. And I was worshiping too. And he put a little smile. And he went back to worshiping God. You say, well, he was just doing that because I don't care. I don't care. Right now, I just want him to learn to worship God. I want him to. I'm so glad he had both hands in the air. And you thank God for your children when they worship. And if they're not worshiping, you ought to pray until they begin to worship. You pray until they get a hold of worship. You pray till they're not ashamed to get their hands in the air and give God praise and give God glory. I'm just telling you the dichotomy is even in the church. Even in the church. Good examples and bad examples. That's the Bible says that. The Bible says in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in any house there's vessels in honor, vessels in dishonor. You don't throw the bad out. You pray for the bad. You pray that they catch it and you honor the good and you cultivate the good. You're with me here. In the same field grows wheat and tares. You don't go tear up the wheat to get out the tares. You pray over it all. Thank God. Hopefully one of these days the tares becomes wheat, gets a hold of it. So I'm not criticizing. I'm just telling you that you, I'm just, I'm just pointing out that you have to guide your children through these dichotomous times and Say to them, not that, this. This, not that. If you're going to teach them how to eat, you better teach them how to worship. When we go to church, you go to a restaurant, you tell them, not, at least I hope you do when you get to a certain age, no, this is better than that. Um, you know, when you, when you, if, if you eat this, you might have health issues, but if you eat that, that's healthier. That's better. Eat this, not that. And, 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 and wear this and, and don't wear that. And go, if you're going to do that, you've you got to tell them. When we go to church, do this and, and don't do that. And, 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 and stay here and don't go over there. And when you go to school, you've got to understand there's things you got. You can't go even in a Christian school and maybe even in in a homeschool. I don't know. you got to say, not that, but this. This and not that. You are navigating them through these paradoxical issues. Facing them on every hand. Amen. The church and the world. Good and bad. Righteousness, unrighteousness. you got to guide them. you got to lead them. Because mothers, you know well the thousand faces that trouble can wear. You know it well. You see, the bouquet and the wreath are in the same florist's window. The hospital and the ballpark are in the same town. And, and in the same hospital is the birthing room and the morgue. 
Comedy and tragedy both play out on the same stage in this life dichotomies. Good, bad, happy, sad, right, wrong. It's in the same, it's in the same world. And, and, and irrespective of your spiritual station in life, whether you are a man or a woman of God or no, it doesn't matter. It matters not because the Bible says, in this world you shall have tribulation. That rain, it falls everywhere on the just and the unjust alike. So you know well the thousand faces that trouble can wear. Some of you more than others perhaps, but you all know trouble. It comes knocking at your door. It looks, isn't it amazing? It has, it, it has GPS precise Accuracy at seeking out your children. Pinpoint accuracy. Your child is susceptible to these things. He is vulnerable to these things. And so you have to take them. You do. You have to take them. You have to lead them. You have to guide them through the river on one side. If there's crocodiles over there, Caleb, do not... Don't mess with that. How old are you now, Caleb? Are you 14, 15? 13. I remember 13. Mom said, don't do it. And my 13-year-old flesh said, why not? My dad, when I was seven years old, y'all know this story, but some of you haven't heard it. When we pulled up at a house, he was there to, don't leave me. He was there at a house to pick up something in the truck. And he and his buddy, they hopped out. They went in the house. My dad glanced over at a fence, a weird-looking fence. I'd never seen a fence like this before. Had just a couple of wires. He said, hey, son, that's an electric fence. Do not touch that fence. You will get shocked. And he went inside. And he left me outside with my seven-year-old curiosity. And I thought my dad was kidding because who, why in the world would they invent such a thing? And surely he said, that's a good one. I kid you not, it only took me about seven to eight minutes to go from throwing grass on it to touch it with the stick to laying my hand on it. My dad popped out the door just in time to hear me go, ah! I don't know why he didn't stay out there and say, no, don't touch it. <laughs> At some point, you just got to say, look, son, you got to listen. Bad, good. Bad, good. That will shock you if you touch it. If you touch it, you'll learn. But I wish you'd just listen to me. This is the way God is. There are things that if you'll stay out of it, you will do well. If you don't, you will, do, you will not do well. If you listen to God, you'll be blessed. If you don't, you will be cursed. You will learn through hardships and pain and sorrow. And I'm sorry to tell you, but that's what it will take for some people to learn. They will end up in the pig pen of life before they decide to come back home. But they don't all have to do that. I'm just telling you, mamas, do everything you can to guide them. No, Caleb, don't go there. Caleb, don't look at that. Caleb, don't you go there on the internet. Caleb, I know your friends are going to try to show you that garbage, but I'm going to tell you it will get in your head, it will get in your spirit, it will cost you your soul if you're not careful. It's addictive. I remember talking to my boys about this stuff, the addictive nature of pornography. And if you're uncomfortable having that conversation with your boys, you better get over it because that's the day you live in right now. It's no longer, don't go down to the store when you're 18 and buy it. It's now right here. So it's got to get in their hearts. It's got to get in their hearts. We don't look, at, we don't look on women in lust. And son, you've got to talk to your boys about this. That's what the Bible says about this. Young ladies, listen. We, this is the way we, we dress this way because of this. This is, this is what the Bible says. We don't wear certain things. We don't, we don't engage in certain things. And when it comes to dating here, we don't go this direction. We go that direction. And if you get involved with that, it's going to cost you this. And, and we talk. We have these hard conversations with our children. Why? Because we live in dichotomous yeah. times. Good on one side and bad on the other. And we are trying our best to get them to heaven. Trying our best to keep them from going to hell. You kids, you don't understand. Well, you, we're, they're just out of touch. and They're just not very cool. They don't understand. I'm telling you, we are trying to save your souls from hell. We're trying to get you to heaven. That's what it's all about. I would bind every spirit that comes against family revival right now. I 
I stand in this pulpit and I rebuke those spirits that are coming against families and I loose a spirit of family revival in your home right now. If you'd claim that, stand to your feet. Give God a mighty hand clap of praise. Would you do it right now? God, we give you glory. We give you praise, I pray, for family revival. God, strengthen our mothers. Strengthen our fathers. Bless our children to walk according to your ways. Would the rest of you stand? If you're not already, I'm closing. I'm going to ask music to come. You mamas know too well the words of Jesus in this world. You shall have tribulation. But that's not the end of that scripture. He says, but fear not. He says, I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. And mamas, listen to me. That is what you latch on to while raising these children, while raising these babies. You latch on to that. That's where we live. Not in the tribulation. Don't dwell on the tribulation. We live in his overcoming power. We walk in it. We live in it. We dwell on it. We pray in it. We raise our kids in it. Amen. Don't spend more time talking to your children about the troubles than you do the overcoming power of the Lord. Tell your children, hey, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Hey, there's no weapon formed against us. Every day, get this in your children. There's no we- Jordan, there's no weapon formed against you that shall be made to prosper. You're going to be blessed. You're going to do mighty things in the kingdom of God. Your ministry is going to be anointed. You're going to do wonderful. Abigail, God's going to bless you so much in your life, you and Alex. And you, you and I don't want to leave Emily out, Jordan, and you and Alex and, and Tyler, Angel. God's going to do things in your families. These are the things. Why? Because, because if you go back to 1 Timothy, or 2 Timothy rather, and you look at verse uh, chapter 1, and, and you look there at, at uh, verse number 5, this is where, <laughs> this is why Paul was able to say in chapter 3, I know what's in you. He says, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother, Lois, and thy mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. I told you that my almost 75-year-old Mother is my biggest fan, but I will tell you she has competition with my 94-year-old grandmother. Who doesn't text as much as my mom does, but every time I see her, she tells me how wonderful I am. Now, folks, they told me when I first started preaching, they said when people uh, criticize you, handle it the same way you do when they praise you. Let it go in one ear and out the other. Don't take praise and store it up in your brain because some people just being nice and you don't want to get. And I, and I do that with everybody except my mom and my grandma. When they, when they praise me, I just relish in it. I believe them. I can tell you that as long as my earliest memories involve my grandmother Thelma speaking in tongues and prophesying over her family. And as recently as eight years ago, when I lay in a hospital getting ready to be wheeled off for open heart surgery, she was standing at my bed. The Lord shall be with you. There shall no harm come to you. She was prophesying as they wheeled me off now. And if you don't have a grandmother like that, I pray somebody fills the void in your life and prays over you and blesses your life. Mamas, I can't tell you how valuable your influence is in the lives of godly people. Thank God for grandmas and thank God for mamas and thank God for everything they pour in. And some of you say, well, I don't know what my mom's poured into my life. I'll tell you right now, you may not know until you get to be 55. But one of these days you'll realize it. Amen. Mothers, we want to honor you today. If you would, come. All the moms, come and stand up around the front. You know how we do this. We want to pray over you today. Today, like never before, you need our prayers and our support. Amen. Just come and line up 
uh, all the way up here around the altar, if you would. And before you leave, uh, my wife and I have something for you on your way out the door. So you'll be sure you get that. And um, Don't make the mistake that, uh, is it already out there, Cindy? She's already out there waiting on you. Um, they, it, is, it is soap, not pastries. Do not make the mistake that some of the men in my office almost made a while ago. They do look edible. Amen. <laughs> some of you are like, why are you buying a soap? <laughs> God, praise the Lord. What a, what a, hey, um, come on up a little closer if you would. I'm not going to spit on you. I'm done spitting. <laughs> praise God. Would the rest of you just reach your hands out towards this wonderful, beautiful group of mothers here today. Amen. Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, I pray over this precious group of mamas today, God raised babies, some of them, they're raising babies now, and God, they've got some of them grandchildren, granddaughters, grandsons, they're, Lord, they're doing their best, God, to, to pray over them and raise them and influence them, Lord, in a, in a, in a day of perilous times and dichotomous times where there's, there's, there's pressures on every hand, I, I pray right now for a fresh anointing of strength and a fresh anointing of authority that would come up on them, God, let them pray powerful prayers, God, let them have mighty faith. Oh, God, restore them. God, renew them. Lord, encourage them today. Bless them with mighty family revival. Oh, God, bless their homes. Bless their children. Bless their grandchildren. In the name of Jesus, I speak blessings over you. I speak God's hand upon you. I speak the grace of God to go with you. In the name of Jesus, ladies. Please reach over and just pray for one another right now. Would you do it, mama to mama? Oh, God, bless my sister today in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, let a fresh anointing flow through this chain of mothers right now. Oh, God, encourage, bless, strengthen. Yes, Lord, bring healing those that need healing today. God, encouragement to those who may be discouraged. Strength to those who may be weak. I pray over them in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, now would you just give, give God some praise? Raise your hands right now and give him praise. Oh, Lord, we thank you. You are our Father. You are our ever-present help in time of need. You never leave us. You'll never forsake us. Thank you, Jesus. Give us family revival, I pray. Give us family revival, I pray. Jesus name and Jesus name and Jesus name and Jesus name. Thank you Jesus. Ladies, we wish you a very very happy day and a very blessed year of revival. That's my prayer. I pray every day for family revival in this church. And brother Axum started us praying that years ago. And what that means is that your family, your husbands, your wives, your children well, have revival. Be saved. If they've gone away from the Lord, they're going to return. Sister uh, LeVay, where are you? Did we make copies of, was it you and I? Do we have any here? Okay, so we won't make these available today. But if you have children that have gone away from the Lord right now, they're just a little wayward. This is a wonderful resource. It's a bookmark, but it's prayers for prodigals. And I've added this to my prayer time. It's one of those things I keep in my Bible. I, when I'm praying over that envelope of names that y'all submitted, by the way, if you weren't here, if you want to write down on a piece of paper the name of somebody you're praying for to come back to the Lord, I'm going to put it in that envelope. I get that envelope out every night when I'm praying. I pray over those names. I join my faith with yours. 
But I'm praying these prayers on this uh, prayer guide. It's too lengthy to go through, but it's things like, Lord, protect my son. Build a hedge around him. Lord, deliver him from evil. Lord, guide my son into truth. Give my son courage to be honest. Lord, thank you for drawing my son with love and tenderness. God, cause my son to call upon you in his distress. Lord, remove, this is for daughters too, remove my son's heart of stone. Replace it with a new soft heart. Lord, reveal my son to my son the lasting refreshment of satisfaction. Lead my son to friends. I like this one. Lead him to friends who will graciously point him to you and then there's a whole that's just one side it's a great great prayer guide with scriptures and it'll change the way you pray for your children god bless you happy mother's day to you can we give these mamas a hand all you rest of you out there amen god bless you you if you want you could introduce renly officially today if you want to bring her up here so you, it was last week wasn't it when i caught you off guard how old is Renly now? Five weeks old, and then she had to go to Riley for a few days, having some issues. And uh, she's getting better every day. Thank God for that. And so they showed up. Her and Alex showed up last week for the first time. I hadn't seen him in church yet with Renly. And I, in the middle of my preaching, I spotted her back there getting up to go out. And I said, ah, come through this way right here. So she, uh, she wasn't ready for that. But here she is already. This is Renly Southern. What's Renly's middle name? Jane. Jane? Renly Jane, and she is a beautiful, one of those beautiful kids that we have at Turning Point. God bless you. Amen. Well, hey, and stay tuned. It won't be very long. We'll be introducing more to you. Amen. They did. We're growing this church one way or another. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks for being here. Happy Mother's Day to you mamas. Hey, our, no, no afternoon service today. This is our only service. 730 Wednesday is our next service. We'll see you then.